Welcome back to Quick Bits. Though the fall gets busy, not quite as busy as Murdaugh. Today, we are going to be touching on Alec Murdaugh, new trial, plea deal, Corey Richens, what's the latest in court with that walk the dog letter, the blind side, the other side, and more. So stay tuned as we cover everything that's been going on in the last few weeks. I'm legal analyst Emily D. Baker. This is The Quick Bits, where I break down just the main points of the pop culture and entertainment cases I'm currently covering on YouTube and The Emily Show podcast. Let's get into it. As I said, the fall gets busy, and the best way for you to stay in touch with everything that I have going on and when new episodes go live is with the brand new free Lawnerd app. You can go to lawnerdapp.com and download it or go search in your app store available for iOS and Android made by us for you so that you're never wondering what's going on with the schedule. You can just go to the Lawnerd app and see everything that's happening now and it will take you right to the current live stream if there is one going on. I have seen so many of you leave so much positive feedback. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy the app. Let's get in to all the murdacity that we have been missing. Alec Murdoch finally pled guilty to something. Who knew? Alec Murdoch pled to 22 federal counts. I covered the plea deal document that was filed in court, and we have not seen sentencing yet. That will be down the road. But the prosecution really agreed that they would ask for concurrent sentencing, though said after the plea deal that their goal was to make sure that Alec Murdoch would remain in custody. He still has over 100 state charges waiting for him. One of those was just set for trial. Well, a group of those was just set for trial in November regarding Gloria Satterfield. After this federal plea deal, prosecutors estimated that the total loss of theft from clients was over $10.5 million. The defense conceded to at least $9 million of it, but takes issue with that $10.9 million number. But these are 22 federal counts that he has now pled to and will be sentenced to down the road. But that doesn't stop other litigation from moving forward. Murdaugh is still fighting in the appellate court for a new trial. The defense is asking to send the murder case back down to the lower court and have a hearing regarding whether or not the clerk of court, Becky Hill, tampered with the jury. Whether she had communication with them, told them not to believe Alec Murdoch, the defense levied very big allegations. The prosecution responded, saying their initial investigation has shown that there are some falsities in how the defense presented their statement. The defense did present sworn affidavits. The defense fired back late last week at the prosecution over this, and I will be covering that in next week's content. It's going to be very interesting to see if there is a hearing on these allegations of improper communication with the Murdoch jury. And a lot of it stems from clerk of court Becky Hill writing a book about this case and now appearing in the Netflix doco and the other one that was just released. She's been given in interviews everywhere. People seem to forget that criminal cases aren't done when a conviction is rendered. They still go up on appeals. So it's not like all clear to talk about the case. And not all clear to talk about the case is something Corey Richens should be mindful of. 
Corey Richens is the woman in Utah accused of killing her husband by overdosing him on fentanyl by placing it into a Moscow mule. She is back in the headlines because her jail cell was searched and a letter was found that says across the top, walk the dog, but take vague notes so that you remember. The letter details the story she was telling her mother that she would like her brother to tell to her lawyer. The prosecution is asking for a no-contact order between Corey Richens in custody, her mother and brother, alleging that this is witness tampering, that she is having improper communications with witnesses. Her attorneys fired back and asked for sanctions against the prosecution for making this letter public and say that they were searching the jail cell and this letter was in the attorney-client privilege envelope. However, right after the prosecution filed this motion, before the defense responded, Corey Richens got back on the phone with her mother and had a recorded jail call saying, you know, everything in that letter was just a story. I'm writing another story. Because remember, she wrote a children's book about grief after her husband passed under suspicious circumstances. She says it's a story about her spending time in prison in Mexico. Well, what's interesting about that is, A, the letter doesn't read at all like a fictional story. B, the characters in it are all the people involved in this, her mom, her brother, her lawyer, her. And the phone call with her mother, where she says, you know it was a story, right, seems to indicate that she did show that letter to her mother. I wonder if we will see additional charges of attempted witness tampering or attempted witness intimidation for the things in that letter. That full video is on the Longform channel. On the podcast over the last few weeks, I've covered the blind side, Michael Orr conservatorship. The Tuies have responded in court, denying most of the allegations and saying they didn't make really money off of the movie either. All the money they were paid was from the author of the book and that they are happy to end the conservatorship at any time and indicate that the conservatorship was only started so that Michael Orr could choose to go play football at Old Miss if he wanted to without the NCAA getting salty about it. I think we need to look at the NCAA investigation and dig back into what they were saying and how the conservatorship just fixed all of those concerns magically. But they had very strong words uh, for their legal filings and vehemently denied a lot of the allegations leveraged against them in Michael Orr's initial filing. They also said that there shouldn't be an accounting of the conservatorship because this was never a conservatorship of an estate. It was always just a conservatorship of the person, Michael Orr. I also covered the charges against Eight Passengers' mom, Ruby Frankie. Eight Passengers was a YouTube channel family vlog style channel with Ruby Frankie, her husband, Kevin, and their six children. Ruby Frankie has since been arrested with her business partner, Jody Hildebrand, and each of them were charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse covering two different victims. So three counts for one victim, three counts for another victim. The other two children that are still minors are in the custody of the state along with the victims. Charges have not been brought as to the additional children, and charges have not been brought against the husband. That case continues moving forward in court, though there was supposed to be a new bail hearing that got put over after the defense asked for an expedited bail hearing, citing voluminous discovery in the case. 
I imagine that's referring to large data dumps from phones and computers and videos likely pulled off of either backup storage or subpoenas from Google. And finally, we are still waiting for the judge to rule about cameras in the courtroom in Idaho. So of course, I will be keeping an eye there. And we've got a number of cases to pop back into next week. Again, if you want to keep up with everything I am covering, lawnerdapp.com has got you covered. All right. That was a longer quick bit, but it's still quicker than anything else that I do. I'll see you next time. For deep dives into the stories that I covered here, you can find them on my YouTube channel at The Emily D. Baker and The Emily Show Podcast. I stream every Tuesday and Thursday. The podcast goes live on Wednesdays. And if you want more Law Nerd community, come join us at lawnerdsunite.com. 